Fantastic. Well, uh, it's really good to be gathering together to worship the Lord. Um, I was really inspired by your testimony, Kaylee. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love that phrase. I think I got this right. Um, allow God to write your testimony. And there's something about, you know, the stories that each of us got. Actually, we're, we're called to invite God into those stories and allow God to write our stories for us. And we are on part of that journey as we approach Christmas, uh, which is called Advent, which we've talked about already. And over this series, we're going to have a series called Come to Worship. And over this series, I want us to take time to focus on Jesus and what he did for us when he came to this earth. And this series, the title of it is taken, as you may have gathered from the reading, straight from the Bible. It's taken from Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2 where we read, when the wise men came before uh, King Herod, the scripture says this, that they asked Herod, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And what I love about this is that the wise men came to worship Jesus. You know, sometimes... Uh, when we come to Jesus, it's not always to worship him. Sometimes it's to ask for something or say, can you give me this or that? But the wise men came. That was their primary motivation to come to Jesus, was to worship him. And do you know what? Sometimes I think, particularly in our more individualistic culture uh, in the West, we can so often even allow that to come into our faith and into our Christian faith. And uh, we might feel that if we can just pray the right prayer or if we can act in the right way, then somehow God will give us what we think we need. We can literally almost reduce God to a cosmic vending machine that we put something in and we think we can get something out. But of course, this isn't the reality, is it? Worship uh, is all about bringing glory to him. God doesn't exist for our benefit. We exist to bring glory to God. And over these next four weeks, I really want to challenge us um, to think about not so much what can I get from God, but what can I bring to God? How can I come to worship? How can I come to give him the glory that is due to him? God wants an unbridled generosity in our worship. He wants us to offer everything that we are. And of course, worship isn't just about Sundays, is it? It's not just about when we gather on Sundays. It's each day of the week, actually, 24-7, that we're called to be worshippers. We're called to give of all that we are. And we're called to do this with passion, with joy, with excitement, because of what God has done for us, that we respond in worship to him. And so over these next four weeks, we're going to focus on four postures I don't know if you know the importance of posture uh, as you relate to people. I don't know. So I saw some of you just start, starting to straighten up your back there. Um, but, but, but what I'm talking about here is actually if you're speaking to someone and as they're listening, they're kind of going like this. I don't know how that makes you feel and whether you feel they're listening to you or they're engaging with you. In fact, I find that if I'm talking to someone and they're looking here, there and everywhere, that I start fumbling my words and I, I can't give the same uh, effort to my speech that I can if someone is giving, uh, giving, them, giving me their attention. And there's something about our posture as we come to worship God. You know, when we sing, it's not just about, well, yeah, I'm going to sing, I'm so happy that God has saved me. Does that really convey what we want to convey to God? And so there are four particular postures that I want us to think about over these next four weeks. And the first one is raising up our hands and we'll be talking a bit, a bit about that in a moment. 
Um, next week, we're going to talk about bringing our gifts. Of course, that ties in with the wise men and how they brought their gifts before Jesus. Um, and then in week three, we're going to talk about pouring out our hearts to God. And then finally, in week four, we'll talk about bowing our knees as we kneel before him. And I'll make it really clear, it's not just about the posture, it's about our hearts. But our postures do express something of what our hearts are called to express. And uh, for some of you, lifting up your hands in worship is a very natural thing. Many of you will have done that this morning. For some of us, it may feel a bit strange. And in fact, for some of us, we kind of see other people raising their hands and thinking, oh, what are you up to? That looks a bit odd. That looks a bit strange. Some of us may have even been into a context where we'd never seen that before and we went in, saw people putting their hands up and worship, and we think this is really odd, and we were left feeling uncomfortable. I, in fact, remember a number of years ago when uh, I I was raising my hands in worship, and uh, Ali, my wife-to-be, was stood next to me, and I I whacked her in the head as as I put my hands up. Um, It's really good. I said to the 8 o'clock, it's a really good job that I'm in the box for the 8 o'clock, and it's a great job here at the front. I've got plenty of space to put my hands out. Um, and, And some of us, our experience of hands in the air may have been a bit crazy, Um, But just because it's maybe out of our comfort zone or out of our uh, our experience, it doesn't mean to say that it's not a good thing. And I want to encourage us to really be thinking about this morning, about raising our hands um, in worship. And on a more serious note, um, I want to explore how actually raising our hands in worship are an expression of what our hearts are feeling towards God. It's an an outward expression of what God is doing internally. And so let's dive straight into the scriptures, um, that passage from Psalm 63, um, verses 1 to 4. Uh, we, we see that David is crying out to God. David is in a really, really difficult place. He's fleeing from his son Absalom, who's taken the throne away from him. He's in the desert, and this is what he says. He says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Do you feel the emotion behind it? Do you, do you sense the desperation that David is here, that he's crying out to God? He's saying, God, I need you. God, I want you. I hunger for you. And I wonder right now, how many of you are in this place? How many of you feel like you're in a dry place? How many of you feel like you're in a desolate place? How many of you feel that you are isolated or rejected? How many of you feel that you're afraid? You might be feeling, you know, I didn't think life was going to turn out this way. I think Christmas time is often a magnifier as well, isn't it? It's a magnifier of the things that are going well that we celebrate, but it's also a magnifier of the things that we struggle with as well. And so it's really important that we can bring that before God. You know, church isn't a place where we kind of put on that nice glossy veneer and say, I'm a Christian, praise God, it's all good. That's not life. That's not reality. There are many challenges we face as well as things that we can celebrate. And God wants to, God wants us to bring that before Him. And David brings that before God. He was the king that led Israel. He brought that before God. And in this passage, David is crying out, saying, God, I need you. From the depths of my soul, I thirst, I thirst for you. I long for you. David goes on in verse 2 of Psalm 63. He says this, I've seen you in the sanctuary, and I've beheld your power and your glory. Then he says, because your love is better than life. 
just dwell on those words for a moment, because your love is better than life. This gives us great hope. Just think for a moment, the love of God is better than life itself. It's eternal, it's everlasting, it never fails. This life will fade away, but the love of God never goes away. Your love is better than living, he says. Therefore, because of of this, David then goes on in verse 3 to say, my lips will glorify you. In other words, because your love is better than life, Lord, my lips are going to glorify you. I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you for the amazing things that you do. Because you're powerful, because your love is something that I couldn't earn and certainly don't deserve, I have to bring praise to your name. And then watch this. What does David then go on to do? He, well, he says this. He says, in your name, what will I do? He says, in your name, I will lift up my hands. In your name, because of who you are, I will lift up my hands to praise and glorify you. This is an act of worship. This is David saying, because of all the amazing things you've done, I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to grab a glass of water. I remember several years ago, um, when I was 18, it's actually about 20 years ago, um, not just a few, and, and uh, I was, uh, I'd been in Bosnia for three months, and I'd kind of got past that initial honeymoon period of meeting new people, um, and I was feeling deeply lonely. I felt really alone. I was in a room by myself. Um, I didn't have uh, family or friends nearby. I couldn't call them. It was difficult to contact family uh, from where I was living. And I felt really alone. Um, I had a good friend who sent me a worship CD and it arrived that week. And uh, that that was back in the days where you didn't have iPods or iPhones and I had a, a compact disc player. Anybody have one of those compact disc players? Yeah, some of us here, yeah. Um, for young adults who don't know what that is, uh, or, um, or people who were born after uh, when the iPods came out, basically it's a mini CD player or a Walkman. You could have tapes as well. And so I, I listened to this, um, this album. And as I was listening, I was just like, wow, God, you're so amazing. And something just stirred up inside of me. And I started to sing and, and worship the Lord. And as I was worshiping, I just raised my hands up in the air. And I had this amazing sense of encounter with God. And I I was actually reflecting on this passage in uh, Psalm 63. And I thought, God, you know, your love is better than life. Even though in this moment I'm feeling lonely, I'm miles away from my family and friends. In this moment, I know that your love is better than life. And even though at times I feel lonely and I feel far from that reality, I know that to be the truth. And as I meditated on that, I just really sensed God's presence um, on me and I tangibly felt his love. And I believe that, you know, if we receive uh, God's love, if we've truly uh, received the gospel of God, that he loves us, that he's died on the cross for us, that the only response cannot, can only be praise. It can only be this sense of gratitude. And so this morning as we... Um, think about come to worship. We're going to specifically talk about raising our hands um, in worship. 
And I want to say this morning, uh, raising our hands in worship is not only for crazy charismatics and Pentecostals. Raising our hands in worship is for all of us. All of us can respond to God uh, in worship and we can raise our hands. And let, let me just give you some scriptural understanding of why um, I think um, we can raise our hands and why, why it can be something that, that God really enjoys. And the first thing to say is that God loves it when we raise our hands in worship. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, we read, Therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Now what did Timothy say there? He, he said, I want who to raise their hands? The men. Okay, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because lots of times in the Bible where it says men, we, are, we understand it as mankind. It's kind of men and women. But interestingly, specifically in this context, um, it's just the men that he's speaking to. Now, do we think that it's only for men to raise hands in worship? No, absolutely. I'm glad we gave that answer. Um, no. Um, so, so what is Paul saying here? Well, we don't actually know. Um, uh, but um, I want to give a guess, and some, some other commentators said this as well is that I think there's a reality that men find it harder to raise their hands than women. That's a massive sweeping generalization, I realize. Um, and sorry to you men who find it very easy. But, I, but I, I know for myself, that was my experience, that actually growing up as a teenager, um, I remember at a, being at a conference and there were loads of um, girls around me, not, uh, not that there weren't boys, but yeah, I kind of don't want to give the wrong impression. Um, <laughs> But there were lots of girls as well as blokes, but it was the girls who were raising their hands, not the blokes. And uh, I just felt stirring to raise my hands, and I, I eventually got there, but it took me longer. And I think what Paul is saying here, come on, men, let's raise our hands. Let's raise our hands in worship to God. And uh, I don't know why it is that we find it more difficult. Maybe it's pride. I know that's something for me at times. Um, maybe it just feels awkward, or maybe it just doesn't feel like a blokey thing to do. Um, but for whatever reason, that's what Paul says. But actually, all of us, men and women alike, we're all invited uh, to raise up our hands in worship. And uh, my experience, when I first raised my hands, I had to press through the uncomfortableness of raising my hands. And uh, we don't want to force anything this morning, but I, I do want to give an invitation this morning um, that when, we, when I finish speaking, we're going to have a song of worship, and I'm just going to invite us if we'd like to, to raise our hands up in worship. And my experience is sometimes, actually, um, to, to, to do something new that feels uncomfortable. Sometimes we just need to have that opportunity to do it and um, in no way feel compulsed to do this. But if you would like to, I'd, I'd love to invite you to this. And uh, I tentatively offered this at the, the 8 o'clock service this morning. And there were three or four uh, people at the 8 o'clock uh, who raised their hands, who hadn't done before. And I was really encouraged by that. Um, so let, let's just see what God does with us. Um, I've got many fond memories of uh, my children as I look back. And uh, there's one particular memory I have in Bristol of uh, my daughter Jojo. That as she was beginning to speak, she uh, started saying Dada. And for those of you who are parents and have heard that, or Mama, or whatever they've called you, um, you'll know how that just really touches your heart. And I remember coming home each day and, and Jojo doing that. And Ali would say, oh, you know, just sort of an hour or so before you're coming, Jojo kept saying, where dada, where dada. And, and one day I came through the door and uh, Jojo, I can't remember whether she was crawling or what she was doing. But anyway, she was coming towards me. 
And she just held out her arms towards me like this and said, Dada. And I picked her up and I held her and I said, I love you. And to me, that's the picture of Father God who loves us. And as we put our hands up to him, we are saying, Daddy, Abba, Father. And what does he do? Does he push us away? No. He embraces us. He takes, him, takes us uh, to himself. As we draw near to God, God draws near to us. As we stretch our hands out to him, he draws near to us. And this morning, God wants to invite us. And so that's the first thing. God loves it when we put our hands up in worship. The second thing is about putting our hands up. It's this sense of an offering of praise. We read in Psalm 141 and verses 1 and 2, David again, in a really difficult point in his life, he says this, O Lord, I am calling on you. Please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. In other words, David is saying, I'm making an offering to you. Just like, you know, we have an offering each week where we put money into the offering. This is an offering to God that actually when we put our hands up in worship, this is an offering. And it's something that is accepted and delighted in by God. We are invited to give him an offering of praise. And so God loves it. It's an offering and pray, offering of praise. And thirdly, it's a declaration of battle. When we raise our hands, we're declaring battle. Why do I say that? Well, again, if we look in the scriptures, we see a number of times that people raise their hands in prayer when they're faced with battle. And I think one of the best examples of this is in Exodus chapter 17, where the Amalekites are trying to fight against the Israelites. And Moses commands Joshua to choose some men and to fight back. And Moses says this, Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the mountain and I will lift my hands to God. And here's what the scripture says in verses 10 and 11 of chapter 17 of Exodus. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses did what? As long as Moses held his arms up, what happened? The Israelites were winning. What happened when he brought his arms down? They were losing. And so you've got winning, losing, winning, losing. This sense that actually when Moses held his arms out to God, when he said, God, you have the victory. God, we want to stand in your victory. That was when Israel was winning. And so we get this wonderful story. And I wonder for, for some of us, you know, do we find ourselves in a place that we are in a battle? We feel like the battle is raging. We feel almost like we need to give up. The battle is so intense. The battle is so hard. We're like, I'm not sure I've got anything more to give. I invite us to raise our hands and say, God, I trust you no matter what. To lift up your hands and say, on my own, 
I don't have the ability to get this done, but I seek you. I lift my hands, I praise you. In despite of what I see, in despite of what I feel, in spite of what's going on, I continue to praise you. I lift up my hands declaring the battle is yours. God, and I trust in you. And you declare, greater is the one who is in me than the one who is in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper, but God is for me and has plans to bless me. I lift up my hands. Now what's interesting here is that as the story goes on, Moses' arms get tired. I don't know if any of you have ever had to hold your arms up for a long time. I remember when I was a labourer, I used to have to hold bits of wood for the carpenter who was fitting them or lift concrete blocks. And your arms get tired, you know, you can't hold them up all the time. And it's the same uh, in worship. And we read in Exodus chapter 17, um, when his hands grew tired, that's Moses, they took a stone, that's Aaron and her, they put it under him and sat on it. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her, his two friends, they held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Friends, none of us can do it alone. None of us can walk it alone. We need to work as community and we need to hold up each other's arms. And it was as Aaron and Hur held up Moses' hands, he was able to keep his hands in the air so that they could win the battle. Earlier this week, um, on, uh, on Tuesday, I was feeling really low. It was one of those low days. We all get them, don't we, where we're really struggling. Um, and I was actually preparing this talk, um, and uh, it came to lunchtime. And I just shared with Ali, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling. And uh, I, I, went, I, I went upstairs, and uh, as, I was, as I was walking upstairs... Uh, one of my best friends phoned me just out of the blue. We only talk probably every uh, two, three months. And he phoned me at that particular point. And uh, we just got chatting and he said, oh, how are you doing, Josh? And I said, actually, I'm really struggling at the moment. And I talked through some of the reasons why I was struggling. And uh, towards the end of our conversation, I just said to him, look, can you just, can you just pray for me? And uh, he prayed for me. And, and in that moment, I just really sensed God's presence come over me. And just my heart was lifted in that moment. And we, friends, cannot walk it alone. You know, we live in a world that tells us we need to be strong enough to walk it by ourselves. We need to be independent. But the reality is none of us can walk it alone. Some of us find it easier to be vulnerable than others. Uh, But we're called to be open and real about our struggles because it's as we come together as the church, as we lift up one another's hands, that we can keep going, that we can be strong uh, in God together as we walk together and as we lift up our hands. Together, we're going to seek God. Together, we're going to press in to him. When you can't hold up your own hands, uh, ask for an Aaron or a her to hold up yours. Also, be an Aaron and a her to others as well. Hold up other people's hands as well. It's time to declare God, I need you. God, I need you. I cannot do this by myself. And so we're going to come into land now. Um, So why do we raise up hands in worship? Because God loves us, because it is an offering of praise, and because we're declaring battle. 
And in a moment, I'm going to invite the worship band up and they're going to lead us in a song. This is going to be our response. And there are some other things I'm going to share after that song. Um, but I do want to re-encourage us, you know, to, to step into that again. I don't, we don't want to force anything this morning, but just give it a go. And for some of us, the idea of putting our hands right up like that, that's just, that just freaks you out completely. There's just no way you're going to do that. Even if it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. No one can see me, but I'm just going to do it. But, but let, but let's start somewhere, you know? And I uh, just really encourage us this morning that, that I believe that God wants to release something. It's not, this isn't about being robots and saying, yes, I'm going to put my hands in the air because I have to. But I do passionately believe that there's something about our hands in raising them. They express something of our hearts and God releases something in us as we do this. Now, I just want to, just want to finish with a thought, okay? I don't know if you've ever considered I don't know if you've ever considered, but in history, there are two key meanings of uh, putting our hands up, okay? I'm not talking about in the church, I'm just talking about generally. Okay, two key meanings. One is, for those who are sporting hands, as you hold your hands up in, uh, in, in sports, what are you doing? You're cheering for your team, <coughs> and often it's victory. It's when you've uh, won, uh, won the game, or you've... Uh, scored a goal. Well, we've got an Aaron and a her here. Thanks, Candy. Well done. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Were you following me then? So just saying two things in history. One is that when we raise our hands, it's declaring victory. Sporting match, if someone scores a goal or you win the match, you raise your hands to declare that. What's the second one? Well, in war, what happens if you lose... You've got a gun pointed at you. What do you do? You put your hands up in surrender. And simultaneously, these two things come together in our worship. Because as we raise our hands, we're saying, God, I surrender to you. You are God. I am but me. I've messed up. I've got it wrong. I surrender to you because I know you love me. And I know that you restore me. And I know that as you restore me, that I stand in the victory. In the victory of Jesus Christ, which he's achieved on the cross. And so we hold these two things together, both the surrender and the victory. And so in a moment when we worship together, let's declare that together. Our surrender before God and also the victory that we all have with him as well. We're going to um, stand together now and we're going to sing together, Great Are You, Lord. Celebrate that great victory of who God is.